Cooking with Chopsticks. The truth about dictatorships. A podcast with Chin Li Wen and Marcel Chana. Hello, Li Wen. Hello, Marcel. So here we are again and... Um, It is crazy times going on in Shanghai, in uh, Shanghai mainly, but a lot of other cities as well. We're talking yeah. about the lockdown, the Corona lockdown in China. It's something that is uh, barely comprehensible for people who probably never have been to China or well are not yeah uh, not 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 there yet right now and uh, do not uh, follow um, social media from from the from the city. What's going on there? Um, it's on one hand, it's um, it's kind of intriguing to see what's happening, and on the other side, it's it's really worrisome. And uh, just just to imagine to be there right now, a lot of people have like encountered uh, difficulties, like getting food or medical treatment uh, on time. Besides, of people turning crazy because they are locked up in their personal uh, sphere uh, for well up to five, some six mm. weeks already now. And um, it's it's really uh, something very well, uh, well unique worldwide going on in fighting in fighting the corona outbreak. Um, in the first place, uh, why is the government so keen, so strict on zero COVID, uh, while other countries in the world actually um, relieve their their strategies and uh, well abandon a lot of measures like germany did but uh, also other a lot of other countries and um why is the chinese government still so strict to its zero covid strategy policy it's very interesting right because uh when we are in china uh, i mean when we discuss in chinese language it's very obvious to people who know china really well but then i read also a lot of uh a lot of articles uh, from f uh, American or European magazines or news news media, they were mostly, uh, uh, some of them were still fo following the argument from the Chinese government and discuss about the low immunity level in the population against COVID because of the um, vaccine, Chinese vaccine is not that effective, etc., uh, etc. Et but or, or they use Hong Kong as an excuse and say that Hong Kong has suffered immensely from the virus and many old people died. Even though if you look closer, this all this is all excuses because the data from Hong Kong, if you if you see closely. Uh, old people die not because of COVID, but mostly with COVID, with Omicron. So, I mean, old people die every day. <laughs> And what is interesting is that during this lockdown, we have already have quite some data from Changchun, Jilin, which has been locked for more than one month. And uh, Shanghai has been locked now coming to a month. It's the old people who die from COVID are just completely ignorable you know you can completely ignore it um in chilling in the beginning i think out of a hundred thousand people who are infected only like i don't know seven or something people died so right now like most people who are locked in shanghai they have this knowledge that omicron is not the reason that they are locked what else is it but 
<laughs> political for sure. This year is a very unusual year. It is the year when Xi Jinping is about to test his own power. Um, because he has modified the constitution, like he modified the the clause that forbid national leaders have power for more than two sessions. Right, mm. and in two thousand, uh, uh, sorry, in October this year, uh, with the with the party uh, congress um, in 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 autumn in Beijing, they want to actually implement him as a as a long-term president, right, over two uh, tenures, yeah. which is uh, which has not been the case since, since Mao Zedong, actually. Yeah, exactly. So it makes him very conveniently, he could be uh, an emperor, as long as, uh, yeah, he lives and no one challenge him, right, and then... So what, why, yeah. since, why is uh, so, Omicron a challenge for him? No, so why Omicron would he is not a challenge. To Omic that? Omicron is an excuse for him to exert his power Uh, on every province, provincial leader, local leader, um, governor, to make sure that everybody is obedient. So he's exercising his will. He said zero COVID strategy, and let's see who's going to um, protest against that, who's not going to follow my order, even though it is a ridiculous order. Everybody knows that. I mean, when you see Li Keqiang, Premier Li Keqiang in the TV, he was visiting some facilities, factories, whatever. He doesn't wear masks. He didn't wear masks. And none of the people who followed him was wearing masks, which, I mean, Li Keqiang is not young. So they know that this virus is not that bad. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't dare. <laughs> so, um, so this is basically... Well, so imposing this strict lockdown on Shanghai is uh, a strong signal because uh, Shanghai and Beijing's tensions over, over decades have been well, uh, very prominent. You Everybody knows about it. And the Shanghai that. clique is yeah. very, very powerful in China. Yeah. And like, do you think so constraining Shanghai or to, to impose his will over Shanghai means like um, there will no be resistance to his plans yeah. to, to extend his, his leadership? In Shanghai, you probably have seen some soft resistance to the zero COVID uh, strategy or policy in the beginning, because Shanghai was a bit less fair in the beginning. Even though they did lock up, lock down some district or some community, uh, but they did not use this like harsh lockdown across the city. And then the numbers started to grow very fast. I think Shanghai was Shanghai Authority. Um, they have quite some experts with expertise, and they know what is going on. So, so they somehow thought that Shanghai is so important economically and also symbolically for China's soft power and, and also hard power <laughs> in many ways. Uh, so they thought they, they could just test the border, test uh, pushing back this policy. Then, of course, they suffer immensely. I mean, it's not because they wanted, wanted to... Um, Uh, dethrone Xi Jinping. It's not because of that. They, they simply are practical. But um, a big, Xi Jinping saw that and he got really pissed off. So he enforced it. So he sent the vice premier uh, Sun Chunlan to parachute her 
in the city and regulate everything. And then Shanghai people started to suffer, of course. But it, but it's not only Shanghai. You have to know that that among the the top one hundred city in China, ninety seven cities are now being locked down or partially locked down. So, so, so it's just a test of power. Wouldn't it be an argument to say that? Um, I mean, if the virus spreads and we have so many unvaccinated, unvaccinated elder people in Shanghai, and when people die. Um, that um, Xi Jinping fears that uh, the well, his failure will actually be exposed to protect the population from a virus, which is always kind of the promise. Go along with my policies, <laughs> uh, and I protect you. So yeah. my authoritarian yeah, style there, needs to be accepted, but you get protection there, uh, as a payback. There, there are, Wouldn't it be no, an argument two, to say no? No, because there are two fundamental flaws to this argument. First of all, we are not talking about if the virus spread. We are talking about the virus has spread spread all across China. And, and the, the data is already huge. And the death rate is very low. Even the severe case is low. So we know it's not, it's not an issue. This is the first thing. And second... Due to this lockdown, we have actually an increase of death from all sorts of reasons, from people who were un, um, like they're unable to have access to um, medical cure, medical treatment, normal medical treatment, like kidney failure, heart attack, pregnancy even, mm. or um, many, you know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know how yeah. many people go to a hospital in Shanghai. Every, right. every day, Shanghai have 7,000 operations in the past. And now they have to f cut it to almost like full stop. And, and it's just ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's even not in mortal, stop, people don't they, even get access to emergency uh, yeah, rooms or yeah, anything yeah. when they don't have a yeah, yeah, valid yeah, COVID yeah. test, right? And then yeah, they, so sometimes the they have rate, an emergency, yeah. they enter, they want, they go to the hospital, if, if possible at yeah. all, if they let to go, uh, they're allowed to go to the hospital. And then yeah. they deny access because you don't have a valid uh, COVID test. Right? The test result. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. They need a PCR test result before you enter the hospital if you can make it from your neighborhood to hospital, which, which, uh, which has to be uh, permitted by your, um, by people who pandemic control staffs in your community, which is extremely hard. And then you have to get a car, which is even harder. And then you have to get there and get your PCR test. By the time you get there, you are basically dead. And there are kidney failure patients, a lot of them who die slowly at home because they don't have, you know, transfusion available at home. Well, the tight information the, policy yeah. doesn't give that array, right? We, yeah, do, we don't know exactly people, how many yeah. people actually yeah, we don't know how many, but, but I have seen so many cases already on social media. I can imagine after being working in the news uh, media in China for so long, when I see two cases coming out on social media, that means probably already like a hundred cases has been, has happened. So, Uh, and then there is an also you you haven't considered uh, depression like people who are jailed inside their own apartment with the door locked up by the community uh, uh, committee um, like in some cities uh, you have to hand in in Henan in some cities you have to hand out hand your key 
to the community committee staffs, and they lock your door from outside. And if you if you have fingerprint lock, then you have they 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 uh, screw up uh, your your door basically using uh, uh, wires and etc. Like now they they're wires. fencing up the neighborhoods, right? They're fencing now up single they houses. Now they're fencing up the neighborhood, right? like like chicken house. I mean, yes. it's really like chicken houses. So I mean, it's, it's, so it's questionable, really questionable if, if people don't get yeah. out of these fences. But it, just the idea is yeah. is I don't know. I, the idea is intriguing to see that they really just put fences around neighborhoods and yeah. and yeah. single houses yeah. and and yeah. just to, yeah. to 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 elaborate this way or to execute. Yeah. yeah so when the, there the is a, if there is a fire. Then it's it, you're done. Yeah? Right, you you're done. Up. Yes, yeah. but, and, but, and then and, there but, are lots of people committing suicide, and suicidal rate definitely has risen. So you don't know how many people died. Yeah, from even, that. even me on on Western social media, yeah. Uh, yeah. you see a lot of uh, examples where people where people committed suicide. Uh, yeah. you yeah. never know what is exactly happening, what where it happened, and something. Uh, but the likelihood is simply higher that it is related to to the lockdown. Yeah, of course. Or at I least mean, just imagine time, yourself. Right? Imagine yourself staying at home, and you are not allowed to order your own food because government, in the name of pandemic control, does not allow you to order your own food. So they they deliver it to you, and the food are rotten. They are really bad quality, and some of them are really like poisonous, probably even. It, the Shanghainese call them wet rubbish, uh, bio rubbish, and then um, and then you have to pay seven times at least uh, more price to uh, for this food. No, no, and, and, um, and definitely you you see that that a lot of foreigners even really getting you know normally they refrain from politics totally and they refrain yeah. from criticizing the system they yeah. live in because they argue. Um, that well, we decided to live here, so we go along with how the rules are. This is this is what we do. We can leave here any time. And now you realize uh -uh. that a lot of people are so frustrated. They really, so many foreigners that are really pissed off with 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 all that stuff, and they are criticizing the government and China so harsh. I never experienced yeah. that within uh, within well ever since I'm engaged with China because I think a lot of people now for the first time they do experience and how does it feel to live in a dictatorship a lot of people when they mm. live in Shanghai or in other cities in China as a foreigner you are not touched by dictatorship by authoritarian system at all because you just right. have your life your personal life you <laughs> have your environment which is nice you have your salary and as long as you don't cross borders or you don't touch national interests or some powerful people's interest in china so you don't even realize you're in a dictatorship because mm. the system is working you get a great t-bone steak anywhere you go uh, at least in the big cities right you can enjoy life so everything is fine and now suddenly things changes for a lot of people and they realize wow this is the impact Uh, of a dictatorship, this dictatorship, this confinement of personal freedom, this helplessness, this numbness yeah. uh, towards uh, towards government's action. You just do what they tell you. You don't have any chance to get rid of it. You can you, whatever you do. You, you you can't even well. You can call your consulate or your embassy, and they're telling you like, sorry, we can't do anything. And um, so this is something I, I realize is is happening extremely. Uh, on a on a on a wide scale right now, but you know when we put that that anger, when I see that mm. anger now with the foreigners, 
When I uh, think of the anger uh, I realize within a lot of Chinese communities, isn't it a risk to provocate like really like unrest within society, within population, because people are so fed up with happening. And we're not talking about just a few hundred thousand people uh, locked up in a small city. We're talking about a lot of huge cities with population them more than than five more than 10 and in cases of shanghai more than 26 million people or 25 million people so don't you think it's a risk for the stability of the authoritarian regime itself when you anger when you uh, when you provoke anger within the population that strong like uh, like this covid strategy or policy is doing i i mean over the years we have seen that china has done i mean since your time in beijing um, we, I, pro I guess you have seen a lot of outrageous things coming out, and every time people would ask, like, why, like, wouldn't it annoy people? How dare they do such things, right? But every time Chinese people show their um, tolerance, high level of tolerance, in this case, I think it's even worse because um, I always want to remind people that that with in the history of Chinese Communist Party's rule, they have starved tens of millions of people to death and still managed to keep um, a very powerful regime. It's a very special country. I mean, the country has been brutally ruled by dictators for thousands of years, and they have developed a very, very obedient culture. I mean, hierarchical um, and highly ceremonially uh, moral, with the moral was defined by the ruling class. And this now is takes the form of the Communist Party as the ruling class. And especially now we have Xi Jinping who aims at becoming the emperor, <laughs> like uh, even better than Mao Zedong probably. He's dreaming about. Um, and people are just taught uh, since childhood to duck their head and not to care about politics and live in the cracks whenever you can and expand your wealth whenever you can. So when, when they are facing uh, crackdowns or restrictions like this, there is a very telling moment in Shanghai, which is like a sci-fi movie. No Foreigners don't believe that, you know? But in one of these community, uh, uh, there is a community committee who flew a drone uh, between the high buildings of Shanghai, modern buildings. And the drone was speaking with a loudspeaker saying, like, control your urge for freedom in your soul. It's like a, a George Orwell moment that, that shows you that this is how they are educated. But, you know, I'm still surprised that there is still some support for the basic ideal. Like not, people are not happy with that, but there's a lot of people, especially younger people, uh, Chinese younger people who say, oh, it's very tough, it's very hard, and we don't like it, but it's, it's for the good of all of us. So apparently, the, like, it, it is convincing, right? They are yeah. convinced that this is the right yeah. thing to do because it, um, mm. it refrains us from being harmed. And, uh, well... Well, you have to respect that the that the yeah, party or the, the state the, is able to convince their people that they are happy to 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 abstain their own power, their their own freedom, right? They don't need they don't need to convince. They use violence to do that, you know. 
and they use when they use violence, then people somehow just uh, find uh, some find some logic to that's convince true. themselves. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how it works. Yeah, I mean there are people who rebelled. I mean there are in Shanghai, as far as I know, I have seen like sporadic protest by groups of communities. Already, I've seen ten at least. But their goal is not to challenge the government, but just say, "Let me get some food." They they can stay at home, no problem at all. They can stay really long. I mean, look at those students from Fudan University, for example, like top university in China in Shanghai. <laughs> they were locked in their dormitory, six person in one room, young people. And they were not allowed to go to toilet freely, so they they have to make appointment to go to toilet, and not too many times a day. And and some to- dormitory even have to use the plastic bucket as a sort of you know pot pot for to to replace um, but, but toilet. But Li, uh, Li Wen, can you, can you, can you explain people. to me why? I mean, so we have someone at the top of the system saying, "I want a zero COVID." And he uses for political freedom. Mm. But still, like the implementation of that strategy on the on the well, yeah, on the population level is like totally nuts. Like you say, they were not allowed to go to the toilet, for example. Why are these methods so so nuts? So totally over the top. I mean, there is you know there is no logic anymore in it. It is just refraining people from basically moving from the left to the right. Because thinking, you know, they start killing chicken or start killing uh, pets in Shanghai for no scientific reason is available that they transmit the virus. Um, So why is it so such an extreme in the implementation of of, of the policy on on that level, on the grassroots level? Mm. When you are told to be obedient... I mean, this is what they say about. Um, we we are talk, we we are laughing at uh, each other. I mean, or mocking, self mocking that we Chinese grow up in um, permanent warm water that is going to boil the frog. You know this metaphor that if a frog is put into a warm water and then you keep on heating it up. Uh, the frog will not realize in the beginning it's so comfortable and the water get warmer and warmer and then it will be boiled. And the the frog was will be killed by the boiling water without knowing that it should escape, which is of course false metaphor because frogs would escape and humans don't actually. <laughs> right now, I think the Chinese people, they are sort of bounded by their, you know, job, family, and and this habitual obedience that they were taught since childhood in the school as well as in the family. So the only thing you you can think of is I have to keep my job. I have to keep my life going on, like duck my head and etc. This is so deeply ingrained in their habits and habits are very, very powerful. So basically it's fear, right? But yeah, it, there is a fear, training of fear as well. The fear of uh, creating a re- rebel forces or the fear of rebel itself is quite strong but they don't realize that they are fearing that they just think this is nothing that i could do you know 
I cannot but, rebel. But do people not judge like their own, their own um, behavior or their their own actions? They do when they see what consequences, what immediate consequences it has. That they think like maybe this is a little too strict. What we're doing here, maybe we should overthink it and we'll be fine with no COVID, even if we don't do it this harsh. Is that not some something of them, going on? Some the... of them are arguing for that, but what does argument help, right? The community committee staffs are now, and also the so-called volunteers, when you, the pandemic control staffs, they are so violent. If you violate the, like simply stepping one step out of the fence, you could be beaten up. Like if you refuse to do the test, um, PCR test, which is done from morning to night, midnight, whenever they want to, poking something hard into your nose whenever they want to, and several days a time, so, uh, several times a day, sometimes I mean, one time a day, uh, you cannot refuse. If you refuse that, then you're punished even harsher because you, you would probably lose your food delivery. And then you will die. So the punishment is very immediate and violent. And so some of some, I mean, the, the most important thing, I think what we see here is the loss of ability for people to unite, to unite for political um, purpose, even for economic purpose, uh, against the regulation of government. This is something really interesting because you see people dying right next to you, right? These people, they see old people dying right next to the staff to death, being too sick and not sent to hospital. Old people commit suicide and etc. They see that, but then they, the, the fear is still making them unable to think of, let's unite and do something. And when someone tried to do that, I have seen people, individuals who rebel, um, the, the 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 installation like uh, who were fighting against the install, installation of the fences outside the building and he was the only one there the whole neighborhood was quiet watching and did not come out to support him they are all afraid they were trained to habitually af be afraid of that did you do you think that deteriorated since uh, ever since 89 no, or was just no, like 1989 no, was like the the event that made this happen so we're just having the aftermath of it right now 1980s was an exception it was an exception i mean rebel rebel has always been re exceptions in this society because it doesn't allow any rebel in normal times 1980s was possible because it was right after the Cultural Revolution. And so the whole society was shocked. And then there was a more lenient um, sort of leadership at that time. And so combining these two factors, then it worked. For, so the, 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 the censorship did not really censor too much at that time in 1980s media. So people found out that they could voice their opinions their criticism against the, the party and the government are publicly. And that is very important. Um, no, I'm, so so I'm, media sorry. play a very important role. Yeah. Imagine Beijing is going into lockdown now as well. I read, um, I read uh, comments from people on social media that they heard about stories from foreigners who apparently have been in Wuhan Uh, in 2020 that local lockdowns actually were not finished like after two months or so but they were actually uh, uh, they were dragging on for seven months uh, mm. according to 
to yeah. uh, eyewitness people yeah, yeah. were part of that seven months lockdown. Some even a year. Um, yeah. I, in the border, yeah, border cities. You don't know them because they're small. But then the whole city is like half of the population left. Yeah. So it's even it's even thinkable that that happens in Shanghai as well. I just wonder if you can hide it from a wider population or from the outside, from the from the uh, from the western from the western sphere, uh, when you lock down um, parts of uh, even if it's just parts of Shanghai or Beijing for for eight nine months or whatever. I just you can't. I think you just can't hide it. It will come up and it will probably need to be contested from the government side because the criticism. Um, will be much higher than it uh, it is f uh, with unknown parts from Wuhan. Don't you think so? That that, that puts the it, government under extra pressure then? Who's going to pressure? Who? No, I mean, you know, what I mean pressure is like that people that people say, uh, we're leaving the country, we're fed up with it. Like you see so many executives running running off, they, they, they leave Shanghai, they leave Beijing, they are so fed up with it. Uh, you see a lot of you, foreigners yeah. now they're pulling uh, out going back of, to their uh, countries. They're pulling out, right? Yeah, they're pulling out of the FDI. I think at the moment, Xi Jinping, I think he knows that this could be, could be the case. But somehow he's determined because he came out of Cultural Revolution time, you know. He was educated by Mao Zedong. And one of the key beliefs of Mao Zedong is zi li geng sheng. At that time, when China and the U.S. were in antagonism, like when they were dead enemies between two camps, West and East, uh, communism and, and capitalism, at, uh, when, when Xi Jinping grew up, he grew up in the education of Mao Zedong, which, uh, who believed in um, total self-sufficiency. <laughs> uh, we are not to be blackmailed by foreigners. And so we can do whatever we do uh, to achieve our dream. And even at a cost, um, you know, of the people, I mean, the rulers, emperors never lose their luxurious life, even in a famine. And at this moment for Xi Jinping, obviously his priority is to exert I mean, the whole China is his playground of power now to exert his absolute power on every local government. And this is his priority. If there is a cost, there is a cost. Foreigners will leave. Then it's at their own loss because, you know, we still have this manufacturing uh, power that the most of the world's product are sort of manufactured here. And the moment when I get my power, I think, Because you have to consider Xi Jinping has not got good education. He only formally graduated from primary school. <laughs> I don't think he has a lot of uh, sense in this uh, sort of economic, in economics. Well, admittingly, Even, we're talking yeah. about... Uh, Admittingly, we're talking about dual circulation for quite a while now that China actually wants to um, isolate dual itself. Dual circulation it's, it's, is it's, his, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's economy from, from outer exactly. influence to, be, yeah. to become yeah, totally that, that independent. That is actually so a sort of, a sort that of might like be just, a transitional step towards a self-sufficient sort of right. uh, closed-up society. 
It might accelerate the process. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Li Wen, yeah. thank you very much for your for your time okay. today. This is an intriguing subject, and uh, who knows if we're going to talk about the lockdown or in lockdown elsewhere in the country uh, uh, in the near future again because it's still dragging on. So, thank you yeah, for your time perfect. and um, talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Bye yeah, bye. Talk soon. Bye bye. with chopsticks the truth about dictatorships a podcast with Chin Li Wen and Marcel Chang.